Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders NBA Morning Grind Podcast. I am your host, Justin Carlucci, and I'm here with TJ Zwarich, and we're wrapping up the work week. It is Friday. What's going on, man? How are you? Doing pretty well. Just uh, getting settled in the new house, hoping my hotspot holds up, and uh, we're not going to have too many of these crazy basketball slates left, so uh, looking forward to breaking it down. Yeah, thank God for that, because this is just mayhem as the season winds down, and it's almost impossible to predict some rotations. Uh, We can kind of gauge what teams we think are playing with some kind of incentive to win, but even so, uh, sometimes you just don't know. Uh, Like, for example, Thursday night, D'Angelo Russell was a late scratch, and, uh, you know, he was projected to play. Uh, Detroit has been all over the map. When are the Knicks going to pull the plug? The Lakers decided to finally give up and they benched the big three and uh, the Lakers are playing right now as we're recording. And they are also on Friday slate as the last game on Friday night slate. So a ton of moving parts, TJ. It's been a crazy sports week with the Masters and of course MLB opening day. We were just kind of not not labeling a sweat yet, but we're, we're looking at some baseball boxes. It's sure great to have baseball back, man. It really is. I'm I'm a big Blue Jays fan, and we got an exciting team this year. Baseball DFS is just so much fun. I can't wait for baseball to be back. I think I'm on my I think I'm on baseball crunch time with cheese tomorrow. So exciting times. Oh man. Cheese is the man. Good stuff. We have a lot of crunch times left. So we had one out of like 160 plus crunch times in the books today. So um actually we had two. We had a, we had midday shows today with the separate lock times, and then we had uh, a night show or a late afternoon show as usual. So, been a busy day, at Roto Grinders. And you know what? There's still basketball to be played. And I think I said the same thing yesterday. If you're still playing NBA DFS at this point, God bless you. Um, and maybe you're tilting off something else, or maybe you're just a degenerate at this point because it is tough sledding. And you know what? We're kicking off the slate with a really good team in Milwaukee, who's on the second leg of a back to back. The Bucks beat Boston in a game which it looked like everybody played to win on Thursday night, and they're going to travel to Detroit. I don't know if you're smelling what I'm smelling, but my radar is going off that maybe this might be a rest day for a buck or two in hopes that they can just take care of business with the rest of their team. It would make a lot of sense. And I mean, they're still tied neck and neck with uh, the Celtics Celtics up there. They're a half game ahead of them after today's win. And it still leaves them only one game ahead of the 76ers and a half game ahead of the Celtics. So it's the Pistons. You'd think they'd rest, but at the same time, they are still jockeying for position here. So you never know. I think we kind of got to talk both ways the night before. Maybe they're, these guys are going to be in. Maybe they're going to be out. Kind of my lean is they're not going to do all three of these big guns out. They're going to pick Giannis or Middleton and uh, Andrew. What's your lean on it? 
Yeah, uh, my guess is one of them is it, and my best guess is probably honest. You know, so we might be dealing with a, a a Middleton chalk night or something like that. You know, the good old Middleton and Drew when Giannis is out thing. Middleton seventy two hundred on Fanduel, Drew's eighty two hundred. So if Giannis sat, it's kind of like going back to the well here. You're going to target some of the some of the guys that we've been targeting the last X amount of years when Giannis sits, if he does. Yeah, and I mean, as we're looking at it too, I'm just looking at these minutes from the night before. Thirty nine for. Uh, for Middleton, 38 for Giannis, 38 for Holiday. We really could see, all right, Detroit wants to lose. They're going to let us win, basically, and just take all three of these guys out there. And so if they're playing, um, if all three are in, Giannis looks like a strong option, only uh, 11200 over on FanDuel. He's about $500 cheaper than Kevin Durant. So, I mean, if he plays, he looks strong. But, I mean, if all three of these guys are out, that's when we can really start looking to guys like Jordan Wara. I think that's somebody who I think would get a ton of run if all of them are out. And someone who's typically not a strong point-per-minute producer, but who in the situations where all of these guys have rested, who has played very well, is Javon Carter. Just the other night when he started, he played 29 minutes, had 34 uh, fantasy points, 18 points, 8 assists. So... He's somebody that I think if he starts and all three of those guys are out, he he's somebody we could look to as well. And of course, uh, we could finally most likely go back to Bobby Portis if Giannis sits. Um, Brooke Lopez's return to action definitely hurt Portis's per minute output and definitely his court time. So double whammy for Portis uh, since Lopez has been back in the fold. So definitely you know, injury news to monitor here. We're fortunate that it's the first game of the slate, so we'll most likely get it regardless. Yeah, and I think like something that's nice too with Bobby Portis is he's not as grossly, wildly cheap as he has been in the past. Um, like some of these situations where we see all these guys resting. There was the other night he was like 5K on FanDuel, and so he was like 75% owned. He's up to 6,100 there. And on draftings, he's 6,400. So he'll be a very good play if all these guys are out, but at least he won't be the 75% mega chalk. Lots of hypotheticals, but we had to, had to run through it. On the flip side, it's almost impossible to predict what <laughs> Detroit's going to do. Cade Cunningham started on April Fool's Day and played seven minutes, right? And then the rotation's a mess against the Pacers. They had starters who started the game and didn't finish the game, even though it was competitive. And we're talking about starters that are like in their early to mid twenties, not veterans in their late thirties. So what happens against Dallas? Cade Cunningham comes back and plays 38 minutes and drops 50 FanDuel points. What a stinking headache. The Pistons are right now, TJ. Yep. Big time. And I think these are the type of guys that if you are playing one fifty you keep the ones who have high ceilings in your pool, the Cade Cunninghams, the Sadiq Bays, the Isaiah Stewart's, those type of guys. You want to take a shot at um, Isaiah Livers for some, for some salary savings. Actually, I wouldn't do that because he's been priced up now. Um, you, you can take shots on the high ceiling guys if you're MMEing, but this is a team I am just straight crossing off the board in any type of single entry stuff. Yeah, it's a huge risk to to really invest in some of these guys. And more power to you. If you have a read on the situation and you think Cunningham is 
going to play 35 minutes and like more power to you. <laughs> That's great. Um, Braxton key has been crushing for Detroit. Someone who I wasn't sure existed a couple months ago, but here we are. Um, 4,500 on DK, 5K on FanDuel. That's still a little too rich for my blood. You know, in 19 minutes against Dallas, he had three blocks and a steal. Uh, I had three steals against Indy. I get it. It's part of the game. But, you know, if there, I, I just don't feel comfortable investing in anybody on this team. I, I understand, like you said, if you're, if you're playing 150, sure. That's fine. We'll take some wax at Kate Cunningham if he is listed as a starter and Isaiah Stewart and, and some of those guys. But man, gun to head, one lineup. Uh, I'm probably out on Detroit. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Same boat here. And wow, is it ever fun to have baseball season back? Just as I'm refreshing, seeing Juan Soto hit a home run. It's, it's fun stuff. Some of the chalk had to hit tonight. Like we weren't going to escape the day with like, you know without Juan Soto or Pete Alonzo or, or like somebody hitting a homer. So yeah, it, it's great. You know, what a rush, you know, having like 20 plus points after a nice home run and seeing you jolt up the leaderboard. I kind of forgot what that was like. Good rush to have. Yeah, back here. it um, is. It really is. It's one of the more fun sweats there is for sure. Um, let's see here. Talk about not fun as we're getting back to this NBA slate is, I don't know. Do you like revenge narratives? Christoph Porzingis is playing the Knicks. Do you have any interest as the Knicks travel to Washington? Is, oh no, it's in Washington. Um, (laughs) I was going to make a joke. Is, will fitness model Jen Selter be in Madison Square Garden for this game? Because I remember there was one time I was following on, I was following along on Twitter. This was when Porzingis was still in the Knicks. And these two were like flirting, flirting for like the course of a week. And then there was a game in New York that she attended. And I decided to just like hammer that narrative, go all in on Porzingis when he was low owned and just made a ton of money that night as he just smashed and put up like 30 shots in uh, while she was in, te- in attendance. Um, but without that, I don't think I'll be going for the Porzingis revenge. Um, he has been absolutely smashing lately. And so I definitely think we can get there. Um And one of the reasons I think we can have some interest in Porzingis is just based on the amount of players who have been missing for the Knicks lately. If we're still going to be wanting to fire up Obi Toppin and RJ Barrett in large masses, if Julius Randle and Mitchell uh, Robinson and co all end up still being out, then I think Porzingis is a nice uh, run back on the other side for that. Yeah. Good point. Uh, You know, Obi Toppin's price is up and, like, I think he's at the point of no return for me. I don't want to pay 6500 on FanDuel for him, or I don't even think I want 62 on DK. I mean, the matchup's great, so it could it could be one of those situations if you think they're overpriced and you could take advantage of maybe some lower ownership, maybe. But um, I'm not going to go there. However, however, Mitchell Robinson is out uh, on Friday, and so is Julius Randle, of course. So you know, he's going to play. I just... Uh, Man, I just don't know if I could stomach that price tag. Um, RJ Barrett's up to 83 on DK, 76 on FanDuel. Like, the Knicks are totally out. We haven't seen the rug get pulled on the starters yet. I I don't know. Uh, Unless I hear otherwise, I'm just going to approach it as if they're going to play the guys that they have left 
you know, their full allotment of minutes in good faith. And, uh, you know, I'll take my wax at RJ Barrett without the same host of players that damn near the same price point uh, that he was against the Nets. Uh, maybe even a better matchup against the Wizards. So I guess I still have interest in RJ Barrett unless we hear something strange pop up tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I agree completely. That price tag is still way too cheap for him based on the kind of usage he's getting with that uh, broken down Knicks team that's out of it. So as long as we uh, don't hear anything that's going to give him a minutes limit, I, I'm going to really like RJ Barrett. Yeah, for sure. I, I kind of like the bounce back spot for Emmanuel quickly. He was terrible against Brooklyn. He was really good the last couple of games when they started uh, benching everybody. Um you know, Alec Burks played 37 minutes against Brooklyn. You know, he's a veteran. I don't know. I just feel like I feel like quickly we'll have opportunity to pick up more minutes in these last two games to really showcase himself a little bit. And he's a pretty good point per minute producer, especially without Derrick Rose and Kemba Walker and of course Randall and uh, and Mitchell Robinson. So man, quickly was terrible against Brooklyn, but um, I like that for a bounce back call. Anything else on the Knicks and? Uh, uh, if not, is there anybody on Washington you're interested in? Other than Porzingis, I don't really think there's anybody I want to go to with Washington, but I'm looking at it now. And do we already have, yeah, we already have confirmation that Randall and uh, Randall and Mitchell Robinson are going to be out. So, yep. I mean, I guess you can take, no, Sims is priced up. Toppin is priced up. So, yeah, this this whole game isn't that exciting for me. Let's take it to the next one. All right, let's do it. Uh, Cleveland at Brooklyn. And Brooklyn is, like, is totally throwing the wrench in this Eastern Conference stuff with, okay, there are a bunch of teams who can move around from seed to seed, such as the Celtics and Bucks who played on Thursday. Uh, but, like, do they actually care? Like, do they care where they end up because, like, nobody's sure where Brooklyn's going to end up. They're going to end up in the playing games, the playing tournaments, but they are just the elephant in the room. Like, what do you, like, how do you play your cards? You know, nobody wants to see Brooklyn in the first round. And if you, like anybody who says they don't care is, is lying and just giving you a coach speak or something like that. So I, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess you know, Brooklyn is still playing with, urgency and uh, Kevin Durant was pretty bad against New York the other night for the first three quarters and I was actually on the morning grind with Keith and I mushed it so bad that he scored like 30 fanzel points in the fourth quarter <laughs> and had 60 something so you know I, until proven otherwise like I'm just gonna assume that Brooklyn's gonna keep playing their guys and doing their thing what, what are your thoughts on them yeah absolutely and I mean they're playing this Cleveland team who are they're jockeying for position with right now Cleveland's eighth and um Brooklyn is and Brooklyn, sorry, Cleveland's seventh and Brooklyn's uh, eighth. And there's one game separating the two of these game teams. So this is a very, very big game for the two of them, just in terms of trying to get some home court um, and all that. that. So um, both teams should be to win. Both teams should be playing all their guys' big minutes. Darius Garland on the Cleveland side, he's played 40 minutes last game, 9K. This is a fun little stack opportunity because I think for these situations, both him as well as Kyrie Irving are way too underpriced uh, for uh, spots in this situation. And as I'm trying to pull up the prices for this game and it doesn't load, I'm aware that both Garland and Irving are underpriced on FanDuel. Um, Durant has had a big um, price increase. He's more expensive than Giannis. So if we don't see... 
uh, Giannis sitting. I think we're going to see some low ownership on Davies because of that price tag and because it's way easier to get to Kyrie. So to, uh, AD, I think be a strong tournament play. I don't think we're going to trouble finding value on this slate. Um, where is Levert at these days? Oh, so here's so his he, price. Yet? Nope. 5,600. Nope. Yep. 5,600. Yep. So yeah, he is one of the very best options on the entire slate. That's probably your first one you're going to plug in the cash games. Like Karis Levert is a absolute smash at 5,600. Yep. We said the same thing the other day and he sucked, but we're going back to the wealth <laughs> because the situation, you know, that that's uh, an outlier uh, floor game, right? I mean, he's going to play 30 plus minutes. It's a revenge game. Uh, and plus, he's been really good. So I love that price for Levert. And uh, he's 72 on DK, which I think makes him a tournament play. It's tough to pay that for him, I guess, on, you know, on this slate. But um, I, I think Levert is a no brainer at 56 on FanDuel, despite, uh, you know, whatever he did to you or me. The other day when we rostered him and he did nothing. So uh, I agree. Got to go with Levert. And it's going to be really interesting to see if Giannis plays or not. Um, You know, because it's a Lucas slate. But other than that, there's a pretty big price gap between Trey Young and uh, and Luca. So, you know, there's going to be fewer studs to pay up for if Giannis sits and, you know, Durant. I agree. We'll probably come in lower. People are going to see that Cleveland matchup and maybe shy away from it. But if this is a close game and, and if both teams are really out there to win, I mean, Durant played 42 minutes in two of the last three games, played 45 against Milwaukee in the third. I mean, the guy, if this game is close, like he doesn't even have to be great to be the best player on the slate, you know, pending a Luka bomb, of course. So I'm with you. I think this is a really interesting game. Darian Garland's been Darius Garland's been fantastic as well. It looks like Evan Mobley is a, a, a true questionable tag for Mobley. Um, you know, Kevin Love finally went off. I've been chasing this guy's props and everything. Still only played 25 minutes against Orlando, hit almost seven times value. But they're still not playing Kevin Love 30 minutes, regardless of Mobley's status either. So Love is an interesting tournament target. Wouldn't expect 30 minutes out of him. You're not going to get it partially due to the insertion of Moses Brown. Um, you have any interest in any of these guys, marketing in love, Moses Brown, anybody else on Cleveland side? I like, um, I like Kevin Love for tournaments. Uh, Lori Markkinen, I think, is still cheap enough um, that he's a solid tournament play as well, 5,900 over on FanDuel. Um, especially if you get um, Giannis sitting. This is a very, very interesting full game stack type scenario. You have 4,900 Moses Brown. You have 5,500 Kevin Love. Um, FanDuel's uh, pricing I'm looking at there. Um, over on DK, 5,800 for Love. And where's Moses? Moses? Yeah, 5,200. So I don't love his price there. He's a little cheaper on FanDuel. But I'd only play the one of the two of them. But with Levert's cheap price tag, with Kyrie being really underpriced on FanDuel, if you get Giannis out, this is an interesting full game stack because you can play Kyrie, Durant, um, Love, and Levert, four players from this game that should be competitive. And other than uh, Love, those players should be playing all play in 40-plus minutes. 
And then you can still have your choice of Garland or Doncic, and you should still be able to make a solid lineup based on the amount of value we're going to be playing on this slate. So it's a very interesting game because it should be competitive. Both teams should be playing their starters a ton of minutes, and we're going to have absolutely no shortage for value on this slate. Yeah, agreed. Normal circumstances, you know, middle of the regular season, I typically always separate Durant and Irving, but they never play 40 plus minutes during the same game. You're going to get, if you get 40 plus minutes out of Irving and Durant, and we've seen it now for like the last week when the games have been competitive, they can both hit, uh, you know, ceiling type games together. So at that point, if you're in, you might as well go all the way in. So I like that call quite a bit. Anything else, or should we move on to the Houston Toronto game? Uh, we can move on to the next one. The last thing I'll say is I'll be a lot less keen to do the uh, Kyrie and Durant pairing if we get Giannis in. But if Giannis is out and all of a sudden there's a lot less payup options, that's when it becomes a lot uh, more enticing. Good call. I, I totally agree. Uh, all right. Toronto, second leg of a back-to-back. They'll be home against Houston. Fred Van Fleet didn't play. He rested on Thursday. That was uh, one of the surprises before lock. Uh, OG had a questionable tag, and he ended up not playing. Uh, Toronto beat Philadelphia. Gary Trent played 41 minutes and went bonkers. 30 real points. 43 FanDuel points. Uh, Siakam went crazy again. Of course, not having Van Fleet. And OG opens up a bunch of usage. 72 FanDuel points. I I said this last night. I said, people think the Sixers defense is good. It checks out on paper and whatever the stats say. I know there's a lot of usage hikes with Van Fleet out and OG, but good players seem to just rip the Sixers. Uh, So at least I, at least I did one thing right this week was like, yeah, maybe I'd get a couple Siakam, Siakam large field shares and geez, you know, 10 K for Siakam just seems extremely steep, but if we see if we see Van Fleet out again, I mean you're getting the best matchup in the league with Houston. You're just gonna have to hope they keep it close a little bit. So I'm really interested in in this injury news with uh, with Toronto here. Yeah, because in theory they're two games back from the 76ers. They have the tiebreaker with them now. So in theory, if they go two and zero, they lost two here, and the Sixers go zero and two, they're ahead of them in the standing. So they're probably still going to be fighting for that. We know Nick Nurse is going to be playing his uh, mi- people who play heavy minutes. And so on the Raptor side, I don't think we have to take too long analyzing this. The starters are great plays. The more of them who are out, the more regular starters who are out, the better plays these guys become. And when if you still look at guys like OG Ananobi out and Fred Van Vliet out, you get crazy minutes for Trent, crazy minutes for Siakam. They were amazing. And even Thaddeus Young uh, slipped into 30 minutes because we saw Chris Boucher get hurt in this game. And so with Chris Boucher getting hurt, we saw uh, Precious Achua 40-plus minutes. We saw Thad Young 30-plus minutes. So any of these players who start are great plays. The Raptors who start, they play big minutes other than Ken Birch. So keep your eye on the injury news. If there's lots out, load up on Raptors. If there's not, get a little, uh, uh, take your foot off the gas a little bit. I think you could play these Rockets regardless. Um, you know, it's like sticker, sticker shock central now. Looking at Kevin Porter, 8,400 bull sites. Jalen Green, 7,600 bull sites. 
Send gun 7K on both sites. What is, do we have the same algorithm? What's going on here? How are all these guys the same damn price? It's so weird that never happens. But, um, you know, but they're playing. The price tags are warranted. They're Jalen Green's getting 40 minutes. Kevin Porter's getting 40 minutes. These are the guys that they want to get a look at. And, and, like, I'm okay paying these price tags. And Toronto's been playing really well defensively. Um I'm sure you follow the Raptors a little more than I do. You know, they play fairly slow. They play pretty good defense. Second half, they've been playing really good defense. But, you know, if you're going to give me 40 minutes out of anybody, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna roll there. So I want to see what this injury news is. I, I do have interest in Jalen Green and, and Kevin Porter here. Yeah, I agree with you. I think those are both good calls. Um, I do think it's more of if I'm playing single entry, if I'm playing cash, I think those prices are getting a little bit scary for me. Yeah, maybe not single entry, but and I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, no one should be playing cash at this point of the season. <laughs> um, that's just my opinion. Um, things are too absolutely too bonkers. There's way too much variance. But anyways, um, I kind of lost my uh, lost my train of thought there. Um, I think these are strong. I don't think they're going to be very highly owned. And so I think these are great high upside tournament plays like yeah. 7k for shangun no one's want, gonna want to pay that but he still probably has a 50 point ceiling he's got a low floor and so that's why it's only a strong uh high uh high uh what's the word i'm looking for large field gpps um geez i'm, I'm working on a hot spot but it seems like it's my brain that's struggling more <laughs> than my wi-fi today um, I like them more for large field GPP stuff because they have some low floors just in case this game turns into a blowout or gets ugly, but they also have some crazy high ceilings. So this is another one like that Cleveland Brooklyn game that has some fun game stack potential. Uh, you know, the thing with Jalen green is he's not a huge peripheral guy, but the guy's a bucket. Like I don't have the usage numbers in front of me, but he's been a damn printing press in the prop market. You know, I mean, they keep opening his props in the mid twenties. I don't, I'm trying to see if there's a number. I doubt it for tomorrow, but um, no, there's not, but you know, look at his log. I mean, since they've handed the keys over and they're like, all right, you guys are the ones that are going to be playing 40 minutes, 30, 32, 33, 31, 30. That's, there's a ton of alt totals you could be hitting at that 30 number. And if you were playing Jalen green, and if you were following some of us at scores and odds, uh, he's been your guy has been paying your mortgage this month. So, um, you know, the price tag on green is fine. You know, he needs to score. He's, pretty scoring dependent i mean he'll grab some boards and stuff but you know you're not going to get a double double out of him most likely so uh interesting stuff there with houston let me ask you this um gary trent still really cheap on FanDuel, 5300 another guy who's typically pretty scoring dependent um on DraftKings, he is 59 um what's your interest level on gary trent and like do you need someone else to be out to play him or would you are do you interested regardless of who else is on the court with no one like if Van Viet, if Fred Van Vliet plays, um, I think Trent is just a large field tournament only play. Mm-hmm. If Van Vliet's out, I think he becomes a fantastic play because that's when you see Trent starting to play point guard. And when he gets in those pick and roll uh, situations a little bit and starts firing threes off of the dribble and starts getting a few more assists, that's when Trent is interesting. So um, if you get Van Vliet out, that's when guys like Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent really start getting interesting. I don't want to. I don't want to rile up Kirk D's and, and Chop, but I, I don't know if you've been on Grinders Live or whatever with them. Uh, but Gary Tr- Gary Trent's the real Gary Bird. I know they have their own Gary Bird, but Gary Trent shucks 
when Van Fleet's out. You're absolutely right. And he gets a couple more dimes as he dribbles the ball up the court a little bit more. The assist rate goes up. So uh, I think I'm with you. If everybody's in, I'm indifferent about, you know, on Trent. It is Houston, though. So, I mean, uh, the, the large field GPP share is, uh, is, you know, I can't argue with you there. So enough about that game. How about Atlanta and Miami? Trey Young has been super good down the stretch here. Uh, Atlanta has had much incentive to play lately. They are currently, uh, let me do some counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, the nine seed. Uh, And they could move up or down. So another team, until proven otherwise, I'm going to assume Atlanta is going to roll their guys out there. The problem is they have a terrible matchup with Miami here. Um, I, just looking at this, you know, people are going to see the Miami matchup and Trey might not project. Well, I, I think Trey young is, is going to come in super low on Friday night. Uh, do you kind of have the same thoughts there off the bat? Yeah, I think we're going to see a low on Trey young. And because of that, I think he's a great tournament play. Um, he's not going to be popping in any optimizers. There are going to be much better plays because of his matchup. But Trey Young's got as high of a ceiling as anybody else in the league does. So I think Trey is a great play in tournaments. Other than that, though, I don't really think I'd want to touch any of these Atlanta guys other than maybe a shot on Danilo Gallinari. You can take a shot on someone like uh, DeAndre Hunter, but we just have we're going to have a lot better value than that on this slate. Um, So even like $6,900 Capella, up against Bam at a bio defense, I don't think it's going to be for me. So to me, it's going to be mostly Trey Young or Bust on this Atlanta side. Yeah, uh, I think that makes sense. I, I think I agree with you too. Uh, you know, Miami's not going anywhere. They're the one seed. There's a chance they pull the plug. There's a chance that we get some news and, uh, you know, it's going to be like a, a Vincent Struess night or, you know, we're going to get that kind of game. I, I, I'm not sure. I, you know, there's two games left. Butler has been frail down the stretch. Like, why roll him out there in either one of these games? That the thing. That's the thing. If Butler and company are out, that's not the same Miami team, uh, especially defensively. And it's possible Trey Young still comes in fairly low. Like, if Miami get, you know, if they rest their guys, I, I think Trey Young still comes in kind of low. Uh, just if Giannis plays and you still have the Brooklyn guys and you still have Luca on the slate too against Portland. <laughs> so uh, if, if the, if Miami is down some of their regulars, I, I might be a little aggressive on Trey Young. Cause you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me when you pull Butler and bam off the court uh, and Lowry, if Lowry is even, yeah, I mean, he's not on the injury report, but he's just old and he's already rested. We'll see. The, um, my radar, my antennas are sticking up for some potential news here with Miami. Yeah, and on the Miami side, if we get nothing, I think the BAM and the Butlers, they're in play. For me personally, that's somewhere I'm going to be underweight. Um, if we get a slew of guys out for Miami, I think the most interesting one becomes Max Struess. He's somebody that we've seen in games that if he gets hot, he'll just keep shooting and shooting and shooting and he can just put up absolutely monster games. So he'd be the one player I'd be interested in if we get a slew of guys out, but not one of the more interesting games on the slate for me. Agreed. And, and if we don't, uh, I'll probably be underweight. Um, you know, if I decide to multi-enter, which seems asinine at this point, but that's that my gut says that's probably what I'd end up doing. Um, 
you know, Butler's still at a pretty good price. This is a guy who's like typically like a nine K plus player. He's 8,200 on FanDuel. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, you know, we'll see. I won't have a ton of interest if there's no news, but if there is, I think we could have a different discussion. Um, yeah. Should we hit up the, uh, Charlotte Chicago game and I'll tell you one thing, if we've learned anything so far this year is that the bulls are terrible against good teams, man, like they just stink against elite competition, TJ, what, what the, the, the flip side, Charlotte's not a great team per, game with a decent total here. The Bulls are reeling and they're searching for some kind of consistency. However, they're like almost locked into the sixth seed, but they're like 92% projected to be the sixth seed uh, according to playoffstatus.com. So not sure. I I feel like they at this point want some continuity and a little bit of momentum heading into the playoffs. So uh, this might actually be a targetable game uh, having Charlotte at home. It could be. It's just, this is a, these guys are kind of tough to target when all of them are in the lineup. Like when you have yeah all three of their big guns playing, it's kind of tough to get to any of them. It's not that surprising to me for the way Chicago has been playing as a lifelong Raptor fan. DeMar DeRozan has a very, very special place in my heart. I love him. I appreciate so much how this dude just finds ways to get better every single year. He's in the league, but it was kind of a trend for the Raptors for a very long time when it was the Lowry and DeRozan-led Raptors. It was as soon as the going gets tough, they aren't really the guys that uh, carry you as well as some of the other uh, people do uh, throughout the league, some of the other stars do. So DeRozan up in that 9K price tag, I think he's an MME tournament option, especially if you want to get uh, some mini game stack type situations on this one. Zach Levine's price, 6900 on FanDuel. That's just nuts. That's too cheap. I know he's off and on been having really poor games, but he's still shown 40-plus point ceilings lately. So Zach Levine is 6900 is absolutely in play if he plays. But we might see him rest. He's been resting every now and then lately, and so he rested two games ago, didn't reach 30 minutes the game before that. Obviously, it was a blowout, so... Um, if Zach Levine's out, uh, DeRozan becomes more interesting. Vucevic becomes more interesting. I believe uh, Caruso's questionable for this game as well. So if both of those guys are out, that's really all of a sudden when these Chicago guys start getting more interesting. Because if you get Caruso and uh, Zach Levine out, Io DeSunmo be- becomes interesting. And Kobe White becomes very, very interesting and probably one of the better values on the slate. I agree. Um, if Levine's in, I have a ton of interest, price and matchup. And he's been before that total dud against Boston. And actually, everybody dudded on Chicago in that game. Uh, he he's been pretty good. So uh, he's gonna pop in just about everything as long as he's probable. You know, every site, every model. Um, so I, I do like Levine too. I just realized this is the last morning grind of the regular season. So uh, for NBA, so. Uh, Hey man, I'm happy to carry that torch with you into the postseason. So, um, me as well. This is I just started my my morning grinding about two months ago as as a guest as opposed to a listener. So feels pretty cool to cap off the season. I'm thankful to be doing it with you. Absolutely. I, I don't know why I just you know what I'm tired. It's been a long week. I'm like huh, I'm not gonna have any more of these until uh, the playoffs potentially. I'm, I'm assuming we'll have morning grinds in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure we do. Um, then again, I can't remember what I ate for breakfast this morning. So um, <laughs> anyway, it's been fun navigating through this mess so far. I'm with you. When these guys are typically uh, all healthy, it's hard to play them. But I mean, 
God, Voose is cheap too. And it's Charlotte and they get just mopped up by big. So I'm more so interested in Levine and Voose than DeRozan, regardless if I'm multi-entering. And I don't think I am tomorrow. Um, unless I'm really tilted from something, I'm probably capping my lineups at like max of one of these studs, even though the prices are deflated. Like I'm just okay with trying to get a ceiling game out of one of these guys. Probably. Yep. I'm in the same boat. I agree with you. Anything on Charlotte side, LaMelo's 88 on FanDuel. Terry Rozier's price continues to drop as he keeps playing worse as the season goes on, at least from a fantasy perspective. Uh, LaMelo went off against Orlando. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure where where he will fall into play tomorrow. We know Chicago struggled defensively with the stars and scrubs nature of where we're at. Is he kind of in that price threshold where he might just get completely overlooked? Maybe. I think he's definitely going to get overlooked because when you look at that position, Kyrie will be pop more in alt- optimizers. Don Chich will pop more in ultim- optimizers. Um, who else will we have here? Um, I mean, Giannis, if he's in, is always going to carry him. Giannis, ship, if he's in, you know, yeah. I'm just kind of even looking at the point guard position. Maybe All you'll right. get Trey Young be a little higher on, but we're going to have these cheapies that we're going to talk about later, like Xavier uh, Simpson as well. So I think, <laughs> and we've already talked about a potential for somebody like Kobe White. Um, and so I definitely think, uh, Darius Garland in there too. So yeah, I definitely think uh, we're going to see ball go pretty low owned. And if you are multi-entering, get overweight on him because he's got a crazy high ceiling and he's probably not going to have very much ownership and optimizers probably aren't going to make him pop other than him. And same thing, MME, you could maybe take a shot on Rosier. I don't really have much interest on this Charlotte team. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, For me, it's LaMelo and I do like it tomorrow. And, uh, I'm just like envisioning him and, uh, and Levine, like getting in a pissing match kind of, and, uh, that's a nice low correlation there. Pretty healthy team total two point spread. So I'm with you. I like LaMelo and it probably won't be too difficult to go overweight on him. If you're, if you're multi-entering, um, we have three games left and the fun is just starting because we have Portland on a slate and they've just been such a pleasure to analyze the past three weeks. Um, oh, so many guys I thought we'd, we'd never mention on any of these shows. Um, so Brandon Williams barely played against New Orleans. Um, Chris Dunn is in the fold again, only played 20 minutes against New Orleans. Uh, the Blazers are a nightmare. I- I'm shocked Damian Lillard is still, I-, I cannot see him staying in Portland. I mean, it's just going to be like at best, when's the next season? They have enough, enough talent to challenge anybody. Like two off seasons, I, it's just crazy what we're seeing with Portland. It, how quickly the tides turn. No kidding. And like, I can't. I can barely even remember. Like, do, who else do they have other than Dame? Like Nurkic, Woo-hoo. who's their third best player on this team? Joe English, Josh Hart. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's tough sledding. It's tough sledding for uh, Dame next year, and for this team, like. Drew Eubanks has seen his price drop. You can take a shot on him. Other than that, I'm kind of out on this team. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, I think I'm with you. There's just so much uncertainty, and I feel like we've so talked- like someone that just sorry to cut you off. Like I'm yeah. just looking at this now. Somebody who just started playing more, and I think this is somebody that could maybe impact Drew Eubanks's minutes is Reggie Perry. 
he had in 21 minutes last game, he had two, two blocks, four steals, 15 points and five fouls. So just based on that and looking at his, his box score, he is a very, very, very active player. And it just seems like he is struggles to stay out of foul trouble. So that's maybe somebody that you can take shots on in large field tournaments. Um, but him and Eubanks, I'd, I'd obviously set a rule, only one of them. And I don't think there's really anyone else on this Portland team I'd want to get to. I, I love that large field call. Um, 18 point spread. I mean, they're all scrubs. So anyone of them could play garbage time. I mean that in like the nicest way possible because I, I can't hang with them on the court either, obviously. Um, yeah, but yeah. These, these are scrubs who would absolutely wipe the floor in any athletic feats. You know, I know with it, us. So. If we played, <laughs> if you and me played two on two against Reggie Perry and CJ Ellaby, do you think you think we'd have a bucket? Do you think we'd get a bucket? I don't know. I mean, I could pull from if the they, logo and maybe get lucky. I don't know. If if they decided to not let us get a bucket, then absolutely no chance. We, <laughs> yeah. we would have no shot. But I mean, if they were decided to be like, oh yeah, shoot it, then heck yeah, I could. I played a lot of basketball in my life, so I could definitely get a bucket if they allowed me to shoot but that's the only way <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you you're right this uh, this rotation is a disaster the minutes are just everywhere you know greg brown i'm not uh, i'm not going there uh, keon johnson's up to 5400 i just we're not doing that either like he's been playing the most consistently safe-ish minutes but he has a scary floor and i don't you know i'm not sold on him getting to his ceiling um so yeah it's kind of a pass for me uh, on the flip side, we have the Mavericks, and you know Luka Doncic plays for that team. <laughs> so, but we could see a blowout, and the Mavs are really teetering here between the three and the four seed. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it, like, am I wrong for having the mindset that like until the rugs pulled and proven otherwise, we have to assume these teams are going to play their guys? And I feel like Dallas will. Of course, it could get very, very, very ugly. How much does the blowout risk scare you in terms of investing in Luca on Friday? For single entry, smaller field cash stuff, not very scary to me. I think he's still the best spend up option on the slate. But I think for tournaments, there's definitely argument to get underweight on him. Like he's probably going to have 55 and three quarters. It's just whether or not, <laughs> will he get any fourth yeah. quarter minutes? Yeah. Um, and I mean, like we saw him just the other night in 33 minutes, put up 53, a few night like against the Lakers a while back in 29 minutes, he put up 68 points. So like he can, it doesn't really matter the minutes. Like it's, it's, if this game is a 30 point game through two quarters, that's when it's like, damn, Luca's not going to hit. But as long as this stays like the 15 to 20 until the third or fourth quarter, then he's going to be an absolute smash. Yeah, I I think I agree. And um, there's literally, I don't like, we just went through the whole Portland team and I don't think I would run it back with anybody. Like, like, I think you could just not run it back with anybody. So yeah, like I I don't mind Reggie Perry, but I probably wouldn't play him if I'm playing Luca. Like I'm not, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not like correlating him with Luca to make sure I have like Reggie Perry with my Luca, you know? So it's a tough spot to be in. Um, Jalen Brunson's, you know, 5,800 on FanDuel. Dwight Powell's under 5K. He's had some moments, but not safe whatsoever. Dorian Finney-Smith, the most aggravating player to roster in DFS history because he'll go for 40 when you don't want him to, and then he'll play 35 minutes and have 23 fantasy points against Detroit kind of thing. So like 
Finney Smith's always in play for tournaments. It's just never a fun roster. Um, but he could get there against Portland. Dinwiddie has been the odd man out in this like condensed playoff-ish rotation the last three games. He hasn't cracked more than 23 minutes. So he's 4,500, but he's just not playing, TJ. Uh, what are your thoughts on Dinwiddie? Yeah, I don't I personally don't really want to go there. Um like this is like we've we've talked about some games we are very excited about and then others that it just seems pretty easy to pass along through and this is one of those that it just seems pretty easy to pass through because some people are going to score. If you're playing 150, yeah, maybe you can keep a guy like Dinwiddie or Finney Smith in your pool to get into one to three percent of your lineups when you're not getting Luca or something like that. But like, we're going to, we're looking at a slate that especially these cheap guys, you probably shouldn't be playing somebody at this point in the season, unless you're hoping for at least eight X out of them for these cheap guys. Like if you're playing a 3,800 guy or a 4,500 guy, this isn't, a five game slate early in the season where we're starved for value. And you're thinking, Oh, they'll get 28 minutes. Hopefully they can get me 20 points. No, you're trying to get 40 points out of these guys at this point in the season. Otherwise you're not going to have any chance to win anything. Um, So it's, I think it's definitely important to keep that in mind when you're building at this point of the season, a guy like Dinwiddie, who's not playing minutes, there's no point even going there because even though he's nowhere near this, the type of player, we can just play Xavier, Xavier, however you say his name, Simpson for the Oklahoma uh, City Thunder playing against the Lakers, who's played 43 and 38 minutes in his last two games. Like, oh, there's no point in going to Dinwiddie when there's these other guys who are going to be doing their best to showcase their talents to hopefully get a one-year contract for next year type of thing. Have you seen him play, Simpson? No, I haven't. Dude, you got to go on Twitter, like, whenever your internet allows you to <laughs> and look him up he shoots he gets in, he he has perfected the hook shot his layup package like if you're playing 2k like he invested all of his coins in hook shots he gets in the paint and throws up the hook shot it goes in every time it's the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen i, I was like baffled that this guy like it's it's his mo- it's his go-to like not not just like a teardrop floater it's a legit like running hook shot and it's absurd, DJ. It's hilarious. It's so funny how when you get to this point of the season and you see some guys play more, you see some of those things. Like another one of those players is like Drew Eubanks. Have you watched him play at all? Oh, yes. <laughs> Same thing with the hook shot, man. It's like, obviously, I'm assuming it's a different hook because he's like, a, he's the center instead of a guard. But like, he'll be 15 feet away not even looking at the net and just fire up a hook shot over another seven footer. And it just drills the back of the rim and drops into the hoop. I was mind blown. The one night I, I rostered him and he was low owned and he had something like 55 points and it was a solid night for me. And I was just like blown away because this dude would just turn and throw it down at the rim from 15 feet away. And they were dropping. Well, we have two of the five starting spots of the 2022 all hook shot team. So uh, if we could find three more, I think we got a shot here. Um, but yeah, definitely check out uh, Simpson. He's all, it was all over Twitter. Well, maybe not all over Twitter, but I follow a, an ungodly amount of like basketball pages. So <laughs> I found it somewhere. Anyway, anyway, Phoenix and Utah are two teams playing at 930 Friday. And um, both of them are virtually locked in to, to where they are right now. Um, so two teams that have rested players. 
the past week or so. I, I don't know. What are we going to get here? Are we going to get a real game? Are we going to get minutes capped? I, I, I'm not totally sure. And if, if everybody plays on top of that, then like I'm probably not interested in this game. If, if everybody's in, there's no use of to take advantage of both teams play slow and they play good defense. So, I mean, I guess Donovan Mitchell would probably still pop in some models and Chris Paul, of course, but I don't know what kind of minutes these guys are going to play. Um, tough one, tough to get a read on here. I guess I'm just, I'd be looking to just probably avoid unless we get some injuries and some breaking news that really benefit some of these guys. I don't think either of these teams, sorry, did you lose me there? I just got a note that said my internet was on. It's weird. As you said that, uh, you're coming in more clear now. So uh, go ahead. Let's let's get to it. (laughs) There we go. Um, yeah, so if everyone plays, this is going to be a cross-off for me. We've seen some prices go down on guys like Booker, um, but still, it's 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 not going to be something for me. I, I don't think these guys are going to be playing full minutes. If we see some of these guys getting ruled out like they have been in the past, like the Donovan Mitchells, the Mike Conleys, the Devin Bookers, the Chris Pauls, then you see um, – Cameron Payne and Jordan Clarkson join the lights likes of Carousel Vert, Gary Trent Jr., Malik Monk as these 5K guys who look really, really good. Um, but other than that, there's not much to like in this game. Other than, I guess, McGee, if Aiden, if, if there's a bunch of guys sitting, you can go back to McGee, but he kind of disappointed the other night. Yeah, he only played 18 minutes. And... Um... I think they were kind of like monitoring campaign too as well. So there's just red flags here. Unless we get a ton of news, uh, I'm not, I wouldn't be heavily invested in this game. However, we've been waiting for this 1030 late night hammer. Uh, We got the aforementioned Xavier Simpson and the OKC Thunder who are definitely tanking. When they're Xavier resting, Xavier Simpson and the OKC. When they're resting, Poku. Uh, <laughs> when you're tanking and you're resting, Poku, it's like, how much more clear could you be? Anyway, like I we're just under the assumption that Poku's not going to play at this point. I I'd be surprised if um, we can't play Aaron Wiggins and Teo Maladon because we got to make sure we lose these games. Right, right. It's it's ridiculous, but uh, we're gonna have to talk about it. Um. Let's start on the OKC side, I, I suppose. Uh, Isaiah Roby's one of the one of the few that have been playing down the stretch. This kid's like a fantasy monster on a bad team. And if the Lakers are all out again, and I'm sure they are, meaning the big three, I think Isaiah Roby's kind of interesting in this spot. Um, talk to me about the Thunder, and I feel like you're going to talk about Xavier Simpson. Yeah, so... I think there's three guys who are interesting for the Thunder. I think there's only three, and I think all three of them are very interesting. Um, and those three players are Simpson, Jalen Horde, and Isaiah Roby. But all three of those players seem to be the ones that are getting their extended minutes, that those guys are the ones they're comfortable just running out there. And so because of that, I'm good with that. Horde has been just absolutely smashing when he gets out there. Um and he's not uh, not that expensive yet. Simpson, 
doesn't seem like he's the strongest point per minute type of guy, but 3,900 on DK is almost a thousand cheaper than he is on FanDuel. That is just way too cheap. And he's playing upwards of 40 minutes. So that's a guy I'm going to be interested in, especially with that DK price tag on the other side of this game. I'm actually like, I'm quite interested in the Lakers because we're recording this the night before as we're playing as we're doing this, the Lakers, we get a bit of a taste of what they're going to be doing because we already know Westbrook and Anthony Davis and LeBron James are going to be out. And so they started Howard, THT, Stanley Johnson, Malik Monk, and, and Austin Reeves. And I mean, based on tonight's game, they all look like pretty strong plays. Stanley Johnson is the one playing the poorest, but he's still playing strong minutes and all of their starters are getting good minutes. So I think Malik Monk, very strong play. Taylor Horton Tucker, Almost, I I think he's 4K on FanDuel. I haven't seen his price on DraftKings, but I'm sure he's cheap there too. Um, yeah, 3,800. I think as long as he's still starting, that is one of your better value plays on the slate. Um, Dwight Howard, Stanley Johnson, Austin Reeves, those guys are eh, okay, sure. Um, not my personal favorites. Wenyan Gabriel, if he starts, that's someone I think you could take a shot on. But the But the ones I think you're mainly looking at are Horton Tucker and Monk. I agree. Uh, borderline must play in Horton Tucker. He's on pace yeah. to play 30 plus and a monk is just a scoring machine. Uh, we know he's a high usage guy when he has the opportunity and uh, there could be a competitively bad game uh, between the Lakers and OKC, but it could be great for fantasy purposes. So I love the Horton Tucker call. I love monk. Um, I think I'm more interested in Simpson on DK at that price. Like you said, Horde, I think is still fine at 6k because we've seen monster double doubles out of him. I think I think I would want shares of of uh, Roby of all these guys, um, Roby Horde specifically, and on the flip side, Monk and THT because uh, Carmelo uh, is apparently sick again, and you know he's probably not going to play tomorrow. He's probably joining the Gone Fishing crew, as they'd say on TNT. So uh, I'm with you. This is a very appealing game. The new look Lakers are a fantasy goldmine, TJ. Yep, I agree with you completely. And kind of like you mentioned, this OKC team looks a lot better on DK than they do on FanDuel. You got a cheaper Simpson, and Horde is still in the 5Ks there as well. Well, we got through that mess. We got through that mess on the last regular season morning grind. Um, so the Blue Jays, what's your bold prediction? We'll get a little baseball in here at the end. You think they're going to win the AL East this year? I think they got a pretty damn good shot. Like I haven't looked at the betting lines or anything to see where they are in terms of being a favorite, but like, I think they have as good of a shot as any of the other teams in the division, but it's too hard to take a bold stance on it when you have the Red Sox, the Rays and the Yankees in the same division. But what gets me so excited about these Jays is we've had the young, exciting offense forever. Um, I got my Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero jerseys ready to roll um, but we finally got the pitching staff to go with it too. I'm not too sure about the bullpen yet, but um, the starting five we're going to have looks pretty, pretty nice. I'm excited. Agreed. As a Yankees fan, and I was born in New York, raised over here in Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, you guys, the Blue Jays have a terrifying offense. And until we, until the Yankees get a, a true number two behind Garrett Cole, the ceiling's capped on the Yankees. It's going to be fun though. going to be a fun season. And uh I'm, I'm glad baseball's back here. And we have a ton of content at Roto Grinders and scoresandodds.com. So a ton of stuff. We have Major League Baseball popping off here at Roto Grinders. Don't worry. 
we know there's a lot of loaded contests for the playoffs in NBA, and we will definitely have you covered for that too. Uh, keep an eye on our PGA stuff. Of course, there's showdown. If you're tilting after round one of the Masters, you have a couple more rounds to get some action in. Of course, there's always loaded showdown uh, GPPs in the DK tournament lobby. Guess that's it, TJ. Got anything else before we head on out of here? No, enjoy watching the Masters. Enjoy finally MLB seasons here. Practice some bankroll management with NBA. <laughs> and if you're uh, into some other kind of stuff outside of sports, follow my uh, my podcast. We cover Marvel, DC, Star Wars, all that kind of content. Uh, Agents of Fandom is our name. I'm the host. We got a website too. Check it out. Nice. What's your Twitter handle so that people can give you a follow? TJ underscore Zwarich five Z W A R Y C H five. Good stuff. Good stuff. It's been a pleasure to navigate through this beautiful slate of basketball with you. And thanks for everybody for sticking with us and uh, good luck over the weekend. We'll talk to you during the postseason. So for my guy here, TJ Swarich, I'm Justin Carlucci. Have a great weekend. Stay safe and good luck, everybody.